What's up, everyone? Kane Pittman here for another episode of Locked On Bucks. And Greece, back on the winner's list. They absolutely took care of Belgium in the World Cup qualifier. So that's the last game now before Eurobasket gets underway. So I'm going to talk about that game for a little bit. I'm going to talk about some of the reaction we had from our last podcast. Uh, our Greek friends, passionate as ever. And a few interesting things popped up in the YouTube comments. So we'll get stuck into that. And Giannis just continues to be disrespected. Do we even care about this? Should we discuss it? Probably not, but I'm going to do it in this episode. Anyway, let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Start another week on a Monday, uh, and it's a good one. If you're a fan of Greek basketball, a fan of Giannis, uh, of course, you can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work uh, over at ESPN, where I'm also covering Australia in the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, they haven't lost a game yet. Not that anyone cares about that, but I'm excited. Uh, and of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. Uh, it's a little bit dark in the old home Pittman studio today, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube. And I know our friends in Wisconsin understand this, but this is a really depressing time. We just had the most spectacular weekend. The weather was absolutely sensational. You think that summer is starting to be on the way, and then you wake up Monday morning. It's pouring rain outside. It's dark. The weather's just crap. So depressing start to the week uh, over here in Melbourne. But at least I got to wake up and watch a game where Giannis played basketball. So as I mentioned, plenty of reaction to our last podcast. We had about 130 comments in the YouTube uh, section there. Uh, plenty of passionate discussion, shall we, shall we say. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, uh, this game today, Greece defeated Belgium 85-68 in a game that I would have to describe as one that was uh, never close, not necessarily a fair fight. And if you're a fan of Greek basketball, you knew as soon as Giannis was on the floor, there was literally nothing that the Belgian team could do about the matchup. They could do nothing to slow him down. In the end, Giannis only had to play 27 minutes, finished with 26 points, seven rebounds, 11 to 17 from the field. He was 10 of 14 from two-point territory. So again, I'm not sure that this is a game that if you're a Bucks fan or a Giannis fan that you looked at and said, well, geez, can we take anything away from this? Because... Uh, a lot of the times it was a, a layup line. And I say a layup line from the perspective of Giannis, who can just dance around everyone. He had a, a few ferocious dunks, which was, of course, fun to see. At uh, three for nine from the free throw line, no. We, we, we're used to this. We see this from time to time. He has these nights from the free throw line. Overall, Greece really struggled. They left plenty of points at the charity stripe. And that's probably not what they're going to want to do when they do come up against uh, more potent opposition, should we say. But from a broader perspective, 19,500 in the arena in Athens, they were going absolutely ballistic. And as I said to 
uh, Frank on our podcast the other day. I certainly expected that Giannis would play in this game. So if you look at the standings now, Greece 4-2 and two in World Cup qualification. They're in a pretty comfortable spot. Uh, four games to go in the World Cup qualification, uh, two more windows to come. And the reason why it was obviously suspected that Giannis would play in this game was because he's not going to be available in the November window or the February window. So I'm not sure how Greece do it. Maybe uh, some of our listeners will be able to let us know. I know in Australia, uh, they have uh, these FIBA windows, which again is in November and February, where they might have a weekend off of the NBL, the Australian League, and players are able to play because they understand you're not going to get the NBA players to play in these games. So Greece still have to play uh, Latvia, Belgium again, and then they'll play Serbia again, who obviously won't have their NBA players, notably Nikola Jokic, and then they play Latvia again in February. But they're in a really strong spot uh, to make the FIBA World Cup. They're actually ranked ninth uh, in the FIBA World Rankings right now. So they're in a good spot for next year's uh, FIBA World Cup. Uh, and they've made the most of having Giannis here, although they weren't able to beat Serbia the other day. They took care of Belgium. So outside of Giannis, who, again, I mentioned that I don't think that this was a game where you really walk away with too much from watching him play. Uh, the 26 points I mentioned, he did hit 1-3, which was which was nice. Uh, and then he hit one other shot, which was a sort of a post-up turnaround. Nice-looking shot off the glass. We've seen him in that sort of short mid-range zone. Uh look more confident, shall we say, over the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, so we knocked that down. But other than that, it was all layups. Uh, the Greek team without Costas in this one with the knee uh, issue that he had from the last game, no Papiana still. So clearly undersized. If you watched the game, you saw Giannis playing a lot of the five. He was kind of just uh, playing that quarterback role on defense, just standing back in, in the paint. Uh, oftentimes not even on the rebounding uh, on the key, on the rebounding key for when Greece was shooting free throws, he just went down the other end and planted himself in the paint. So I thought a pretty well-managed game overall. I was a little bit surprised that he came back into the game with just over three minutes left, but uh, he, he played a couple of minutes, scored another couple of points. The crowd was thrilled, so it was hard to hard to deny uh, any reason why they would have put him back out there, but I was a little bit surprised. I think overall, because there just wasn't too much to take from this game, Three-point shooting to me still seems to be a little bit of a watch with this team uh, against Serbia. They were 12 for 35. They shot a, a higher volume. And I think that against the better teams, they are going to have to shoot more from the outside. Uh, and I think that it's fascinating a little bit that Giannis is one of the guys on the team that is shooting the most threes at the moment. And even if you go back to that game against Serbia, Giannis was two for seven from three. At the Nassus was two for five from three. So 12 three-point attempts uh, between the brothers there is is a little bit of a surprise and maybe not ideal, but this is the FIBA game and you have to shoot from three a little bit more. In this game against Belgium, and perhaps it was just because they could score with ease within the perimeter, uh, they only put up 23 threes a total. And Giannis, again, shot three of them. So only uh, Tyler Dorsey shot more uh, from the outside. And Dorsey's an interesting player. Uh, we've mentioned him a little bit. Uh, he's still on a two-way with Dallas, so we'll see how much he plays. But he's actually a really important piece of this team. And I saw some feedback that you know, maybe sometimes there's some frustration. He has certainly has a quick trigger. He likes to get those shots up. 
But I think that he kind of needs to because if you look at this roster, particularly in the half court, he's really the only guy that is always looking for a shot and you feel semi-comfortable that he's going to knock it down. Obviously, uh, Papa Nicolau can can shoot from the outside, Kalathis as well. But Kalathis, when he shoots the three, and again, I haven't watched a lot of him the last few years, no doubt, but he seems like he's only willing to shoot the three if he is wide, wide open. He holds the ball, he sets his feet, he takes a couple of seconds to let it fly. So I am curious to see... Uh, where the three-point shooting takes this team uh, moving forward, uh, we'll see. We will see uh, whether they have enough shooting. But ultimately, against a lot of the teams, if you have Giannis on the floor, you're going to feel comfortable that that's going to be enough. You can you can play him 35 minutes, as we've seen, uh, and he's probably going to be able to dominate or at least live at the free throw line. Then you just hope that he has uh, that he is able to knock those down. Uh, something else that stood out, a couple of hard fouls in this game. First of all, one of the Belgian players uh, got tossed in this game. Uh, as I look through the box score, it was Kevin Tumba who got thrown out of this game. Dangerous play. And the Greek player uh, went for the layup in transition. I was a little bit surprised that the announcer in this game was not as outraged as I felt like I was sitting on the couch at home. Uh, basically, it was an open layup. There's nothing the player could do. I guess he could have attempted a, a chase down block from behind, but it would have been a pretty miraculous play. I don't think he had any real chance or safe play on the ball. So he's kind of just put his forearm in his back and just shoved it into the stanchion. And the commentator was saying, well, you know, he did a good job of you know, pulling out from blocking the shot. And it's like, well, no, he just shoved him into the stanchion. It was just a, a flat-out dangerous play. Uh, he got tossed from the game, which I thought was the right call. And then later on, there was a play with Thanasis on a Belgian player who he tried for a chase down block. And we've said it before. Sometimes, you know, sometimes Thanasis tries those uh, blocks, those really athletic plays. He's so athletic and explosive that, you know, if he doesn't get it absolutely right, uh, he can, you know, hurt someone. In this in this uh, instance, it was totally fine. He sort of caught him across the head. It was a normal foul. They didn't even call it an unsportsmanlike foul. So it was totally fine. But again, always one of those moments where you hold your breath a little bit. But given that there was a few fouls like that and a little bit of frustration, Giannis definitely stu- uh, stood up for his teammates uh, in a few moments through this game. You're like, you know, all right, let's settle down. This isn't a game that Greece is going to lose. We don't need any uh, silly plays out here on the floor. But overall, job done for Greece. They don't play until September 2 now. They tip off Eurobasket with a game against Croatia. And uh, this is where Locked on Bucks is going to dive straight into the stuff. We'll be recapping all these games. Uh, World Cup qualifiers clearly meaningful, but the focus right now is on the Euro basket. And the focus right now is also on uh, driving under the uh, under the influence. So uh, we're talking about driving under the influence of all types of uh, stuff and I should say it's never okay to drive stoned. You put your, yourself and others in danger. If you've, you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, and you'll get a DUI. Do you think it's okay to drive stoned? The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone else around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form. Do not get behind the wheel. Again, if you feel different, you drive different, drive high and get yourself a DUI. So stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. Once more, if you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high and you'll get a DUI. That is 
from NHTSA and a very important message. All right, let's keep it rolling now. Uh, I mentioned the last podcast. And look, not for the first time. We've got some strong feedback uh, from our friends over in Greece. And by the way, I think we had some Serbian fans slipping into the YouTube comments as well. So uh, pretty good stuff. Uh, We like it when the interactions are high on YouTube. And we like it when there's passion. It doesn't always have to be positive feedback for myself or Frank. We don't mind. We're here. We give our opinions. People disagree about them all the time. So keep it coming. Keep supporting the show. We really appreciate you guys. But a few things that stood out the most, and they're not exactly new themes, but Thanasis. So there is strong defense of Thanasis from Greek fans, uh, which is totally fine. Uh, I think he's an interesting player because I've said this before, because people, there's been certainly times over the last few years where people will jump on, whether it's Twitter, whether it's YouTube, and they'll accuse me or whoever else is on the podcast of being overly harsh uh, towards Thanasis. I think we've seen enough of Thanasis right now to know exactly what he is. He's improved as a player significantly over the last few years, and he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that. And I also don't think it's a huge surprise. He gets to work out with the Milwaukee Bucks daily. He's alongside his brother, which is clearly a motivating factor for this family. And that's why I'm kind of curious about Costas. What what would happen if he was able to practice with with Giannis and in this uh, Bucks franchise daily? But anyway, that's another topic of conversation. But Thanasis on this Greek team is an important piece. They need the athleticism. They need the tenacity. Clearly, he's a guy that can play above the rim. So he's a really important piece for this Greek team. No doubt about it. But I think that we can all sit here and say at this point, and if you want to argue this point, that's totally fine. But I think we can all sit here at this point and say, he's probably not going to be a major feature in the Bucks rotation. Probably not going to, I say. It doesn't mean that it's impossible. But I remember a couple of seasons back, I did a podcast where there was a similar conversation. And I said, well, Thanasis won't be a part of the playoff rotation. I had some significant pushback from that. It was just what I believed at the time, and it it proved to be correct. I've always wondered, you know, whether he would go to a different team where he could probably get more opportunity. If there was interest in him from other teams, we don't know, because I don't think that anyone's believed that he's actually going anywhere else in the NBA because he seems to love it in Milwaukee. But he's 30 now, so he's over 30. So I think the you know, at this point, it seems likely that he's just going to continue in Milwaukee as long as Giannis is here. Uh, he's clearly been a handy situational player in certain aspects. But I think he's also been around long enough that if if Mike Budenholzer and the, and the coaching staff saw something that they thought he could be a rotational player, um, he would be out there playing because there's definitely been scenarios where they needed guys that could play in that position uh, and they haven't really gone to him. Even if you look at his minutes per season, total minutes, career high, 551, which is which is pretty low. I mean, that's about half of what Jordan Wara played last season. And I was in 2020, 2021. Um, so I just push back on the idea that there is some harsh, you know, or negative narrative. And there was words, I, I didn't say it, but I guess the word cheerleader people really push back on, which I totally get. Uh, we didn't even have cheerleaders in Australia, so it wasn't something that I said. But, yeah, I think uh, he's clearly an NBA-caliber athlete. He's clearly loved in the locker room. 
Giannis clearly loves having him around. I've always been intrigued to see what potential role he could play elsewhere in the NBA. Uh, but it just doesn't seem at this point, based on what we've seen over four years of evidence, that he's going to be a you know a huge part of the Bucks rotation going forward. And I think I think that's the point. That's the only point I've made. There's no hate for Thanasis. Everybody loves Thanasis. And I certainly understand why there is extreme passion from the Greek fans relating to Thanasis because I've been over the top about Australian players in the past. And I guarantee you that at some point this season, someone will accuse me of being biased about Joe Ingles. And maybe I am. Maybe I can't help it. So I totally get it. I embrace the passion from our Greek friends. I say, bring it on. And if you think I'm wrong, then tell me why I'm wrong as you continue to do. But there's no personal vendetta against the Nassus. I love that man. And when he does get to play for the Bucks, which we've seen from time to time, he generally produces. And it's always an entertaining chance to see him play. So strongly push back that there's any hate for Thanasis. We all love him here on this show. How could you not? But his brother, I mentioned with Frank, can he be an NBA player? I think he's he's obviously the more intriguing uh, brother in terms of the future because of his age. He's only 24 because of the size. I mean, he's a genuine, oh, he has to be a seven-footer now, right? I mean, he looks like he's taller than Giannis. So genuine NBA size, probably still building. Again, I would like to see him with multiple years in an NBA system. It didn't work out with the Lakers, but again, what was the motivation for the Lakers to have him on the roster? I'm not sure. It looks like he's improved as a player. Uh, A number of our uh, commenters, our viewers, put in the comments that he's got to deal with Chicago. I did some digging. doesn't look like anything is is official there, but certainly a tourist, Knisivus, from the Bulls front office, has, I think, openly expressed some interest there in Costa. So we'll see. Uh, we know Alex is a part of the herd organization or is going to be. And maybe Costas is more ready now than Alex is. I think that is a fair statement. So I don't know. It would be fun if they could get him involved, probably more so in a two-way situation right now, because again, it doesn't look like he would come in and play on this Bucks roster. But I'm intrigued by the developments. And maybe I'm getting seduced by the name. But let's be honest, the more brothers, the more family you can have in Milwaukee, the better I say. All right, is Giannis disrespected? Uh, We saw over the weekend a conversation that went viral from a number of accounts. Gilbert Arenas and Phil Handy. Phil Handy, for those that don't know, is an assistant coach with the Los Angeles Lakers. He was with the Cleveland Cavaliers before that. So he's a LeBron guy. He's, he's one of the, the coaches that is as close with LeBron as anyone, highly respected around the league. So straight off the bat, Phil Handy, I, I don't have a problem. Clearly, he is going to be very, very publicly supportive of LeBron James, and so he should, by the way. So I don't have a problem with Phil Handy or anything that he said. It's totally fine. But Gilbert Arenas went off the rails and talking about you know, Giannis can't be as good as LeBron. And he didn't mention Giannis by name, but I think it was pretty clear. He was talking about winning a championship, but he doesn't play enough minutes. And I don't specifically want to talk about Gilbert Arena specifically, because again, this was always based on the situation that they were in. This was always going to be a pro LeBron chat. And I think that everyone understands that LeBron is, <laughs> is one of the top two basketball players to ever play the game. Like, 
get into whatever argument we want to have. But let's say top two. Ridiculous. I've been fortunate enough in my time watching basketball pretty much coincided directly when LeBron started. So I never really watched Jordan. So I don't get into that argument, whatever people think they think. But let's say top two. So no one right now, well, no one that you know is level-headed is saying that Giannis is a better player, has been a better player than LeBron or is higher on the all-time record. So to suggest that whether it's Giannis or another player, is better than LeBron, who is now 37, soon to be 38. I don't understand how that's disrespectful. But I think that there's always going to be a bias towards American players rather than international players. I just think that that's that's the way things are. So I would say, you know, get used to it. I think we've seen it a lot. It just seems to take a lot longer for Americans to get around players like Giannis, like Nikola Jokic, like Luka Doncic, there is always this period of, well, we haven't really known about you since you were you know, playing high school basketball in the US. Uh, can, can, can Is this European or international wave of superstars real? Jeez, but Americans should always be the best at basketball. And I think now it's probably a bit difficult for some people to look at it and say, gee, the last four MVPs have gone to Giannis and then gone to Jokic. Don't know. I don't know if that's it. But if we do want to entertain the idea that Giannis hasn't played enough minutes in recent seasons, and we do want to entertain the fact that Gilbert Arenas said that LeBron played 37 minutes per game at age 37, which he did, then that's fine. We can do that. But if you don't want to go minutes per game, another way that you can look at it is total minutes. So last season, it is accurate that LeBron played 37 minutes per game and Giannis was at around 32, 33. That is a fact. But total minutes in the regular season, Giannis 2,204, LeBron 2,084. So Giannis played more minutes. So what does that say? Why don't we extend it back to the last four seasons? Giannis, 8,492 minutes. LeBron, 7,841. And again, this is just the regular season. If you want to extend it to playoffs as well, that gap is only going to get even wider. Total games played, Giannis, 263, LeBron, 223. So if you want to look over the last four seasons, yes, LeBron has averaged 35.1 minutes per game compared to 32.3 for Giannis, but Giannis has played in 40 more games and he's played in approximately 600 more minutes on the floor. So rather than trying to use minutes per game as an argument against Giannis, maybe... 37-year-old LeBron shouldn't be playing 37 minutes per game. Maybe it's just silly. Just an idea that I'm throwing out there. And speaking of the Lakers, I thought that there was another player that we could bring up when we when we talk about bias against certain players and bias for players. So a teammate of LeBron James, so Anthony Davis. Clearly a superstar, in my, in my opinion, clearly a superstar. Eight-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defensive player, was named in the NBA 75 Not sure about that one, but he was named there. Had one of the great runs in the bubble and won a title. So he's won the same amount of titles as Giannis. Of course, there will always be people that will say, well, he won it in the bubble. What does that mean? In my opinion, it depends what team you follow. If Milwaukee had won the bubble instead of having a pretty disastrous playoff run, 
I'm sure that there would want to be credibility for the bubble from Bucks fans. Every team needs a little bit of luck. The Bucks won a title in 2021, and I think most people can acknowledge they had some luck along the way, specifically in the series against Brooklyn where James Harden went down, Kyrie Irving went down. It doesn't mean that the Bucks didn't have their own adversity with Giannis Ney. Of course they did, and it was a historic performance. But if you go back through every year, there's some luck involved along the way. And then there's also some greatness, which we saw from Giannis. And to be fair, we saw in stretches from Anthony Davis in the bubble. So he's a tremendous player. But one of the narratives that you always see, Giannis, terrible shooter. We talk about it all this time on the show. Clearly an area that he's continued to develop and and continue to try and get better, Um, but not his strong suit. Jumping, uh, jump shooting, not his strong suit. We all accept that. Anthony Davis is, for some reason, in some circles, seen as a floor spacer seen as a guy that can shoot jump shots. In seven out of 10 seasons that he's had in the league, his three-point percentage has been 32% or below. He's had a couple seasons, 34%, 35% was the peak. That's clearly higher than where Giannis has been in his career. But most seasons, the 32% or below, he's basically around the same mark as Giannis, who is universally seen as a poor jump shooter. So why does Anthony Davis get the benefit of the doubt? Not 100% sure. Maybe it is purely because he hit those jump shots in the postseason. He's hit only, uh, he's only reached 44% from the mid range once in his career, once in his 10 seasons, Anthony Davis. Other than that, he's had plenty of seasons in the high 30s. Giannis has always been around the mid 30s to to high 30s, 36, 37, 38%. So not a huge discrepancy there either. And I'm totally fine with it. If you want to judge Giannis harder than most because he's a, a great of the game, I'm fine with it. But I just think that it's worth noting that there are some arguments that probably aren't going to go away. And if you're a Bucks fan that's sitting there feeling frustrated or feeling like it's... But at the end of the day, I don't think you really need to spend too much time worrying about it. You get to watch Giannis on a daily basis and his greatness. We're seeing it right now with the Greek team. And it's a whole lot of fun. So just a few few thoughts there that I had over the course of the weekend. Uh, don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, they're talking about all things NBA. So you'll be able to check out that podcast and everything that's going on there. As I said, Greece playing Croatia, September 2nd, Eurobasket gets underway. Giannis looks well and truly tuned up. As I said, a few question marks over this Greek team, but uh, we'll see how they perform in Eurobasket, they're gonna they have to go in as one of the favorites, uh, but we will see how that all plays out. All right, plenty more to come for the rest of the week on Locked On Bucks. Thanks for joining us, and as always, jump in the comment section, let us know what you think, and continue the discussion. Tell me where I was wrong. Tell me where I need to uh, figure it out. But the one thing I will say is, if you're new to the show, you've probably missed a lot of our discussions along the way. Hit subscribe, you'll be able to join in on the action. All right, we'll speak to you guys.